In this series, we talk about the work of the Surrey Trading Standards Office, and this session looks at the legal rights we have when buying goods. We have with us David Bullen, who is with the Trading Standards Office in Surrey. David, thanks for your time. What, if anything, protects us when buying goods? The main piece of legislation that we, we'd be talking about here is called the Sale of Goods Act, and that puts into law various provisions to protect the, the consumer when, when they purchase anything. So do we have legal protection on everything that we buy then? Um, the vast majority of things. What, what the Sale of Goods Act basically says is if we, if we purchase an item, it has to be of satisfactory quality, it has to be fit for its purpose, and it has to be as described. And that covers basically any product that you purchase. What it doesn't cover is an interest in land. So buying a home, for instance, wouldn't be covered by the Sale of Goods Act. But the vast majority of things you purchase are covered by that legislation. That's interesting. So anything from a supermarket or any, any store, for example, would come under that? Absolutely. Where, where, whether it be a tin of baked beans, a car, a computer, a sofa, whatever it is, you, you've got protection under that legislation. What about, and I'm, I'm being a bit naughty here, but what about a car boot sale? Well, it's interesting you mention that, and I'm pleased you do, because there are, there are certain exemptions, as with any, any piece of law, there's always exemptions to it. And with the Sale of Goods Act, you're protected pretty much any time you are purchasing from someone who is acting in the course of a trade or business. So that's going to a shop, going to a garage, uh, maybe buying from someone that, that sells on a regular basis from their bedroom, but someone who is acting in, in, in business. If you purchase from a private seller, so you go to a car boot sale and there's, there's someone who's clearing out their garage selling some things, or you see a, a private advert for a car in Auto Trader, you don't have the same protection. You still have some protection, but it's very, very, very limited. Basically, if you purchase from a private seller, the protection you have is that the product still has to meet its description. But if it's faulty, you're not going to have grounds for seeking redress. Uh, okay, let's just rewind a little bit and talk about um, sale of goods from a supermarket, for example. What sort of protection would you have there then? Well, if you purchase something from, from, from a supermarket, um, food, for example, mm -hmm. um, you get home and, and you find that the, 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 the food has, has gone off in some way, it's, it's not suitable, then you're going to be entitled to go back to that supermarket and more than likely demand a refund of your money. If you've had the item, obviously, you know, say it's a loaf of bread and you've had it in a week and you find it's mouldy, clearly in those circumstances, the supermarket aren't going to be required to give you your money back. There are degrees of, uh, of variableness in all of this. Food is probably an easy one to, to say, you know, if it's gone off, you get your money back because you find out pretty much straight away. Obviously, if it's something else that you've purchased, like a computer, for example, and you find that it's faulty, that fault may be apparent at the time you purchase it, in which case, as long as you've noticed it straight away, you're probably going to be entitled to a refund if that's what you choose to ask for. But if it's maybe a month or two months down the line and you notice the problem, you may not be entitled to a refund. You might be looking for repairs or possibly a replacement. So you have the redress in law, but your rights diminish over time in terms of what you're actually entitled to ask for. So if you've bought a, let's use a, a computer as an example, if you've bought a computer 
and you take it home and you think, well, I'm not going to use it yet because I, I'm moving house in a couple of months' time, so I won't unpack it yet, then your advice would be un- unpack it, make sure it works, then repack it, is it? Ab- absolutely. You do have to be fairly mm. careful. Um, that Sometimes... Yeah, if you're in that sort of situation, you might want to try and advise the shop of that fact. Say, look, I'm buying it now, but I'm not actually going to be using it for two months. Can you make a note of that on the receipt? Can you sign that to say you've accepted that? That way, giving you some leeway in terms of when the clock starts ticking from. Because if you've made them aware that you're not going to be looking at the item for two months, and they've accepted that then you should be entitled to have a longer period of time to obviously inspect the item. But but presuming you haven't made them aware of that, then yes, if you leave it over a period of time before you actually open it, then you are putting yourself um, at a disadvantage in terms of what you might be entitled to. So, to get back to our car boot sale now, what's the difference with the, the car boot sale where you purchase an item? Let's say it's a computer and it seems to be working fairly well because the guy or person selling it to you uh, has got it on, on his bench and it's up and running and it looks okay, so you purchase it. Happy? Um I would say where where you actually carry out an inspection of the item beforehand, what the law says is... Take a slightly different example, maybe. If, if you look at a car and you, you get in the car, you try the car out, you take it for a test drive, you look under the bonnet, maybe, you've inspected it to some degree. Now, if you've sat in the, passenger, in the driver's seat, you've driven that car and you thought, yeah, this is absolutely fine, wonderful, you get home and then your wife gets in the passenger seat next to you and finds out that the seat's got absolutely no stuffing in and it's completely... Um, useless uh-huh. then you'd still be able to go back to, to to the garage that sold you the car presuming it's not a private uh-huh. seller and say look yeah it's faulty and you wouldn't have been expected to have realized that because that wasn't part of the inspection that you carried out if you've sat in it and it's the driver's seat that is you know useless and you go back they might say well wait a minute you know you took it for a two mile uh-huh. test drive you uh-huh. should have realized that so you have to be a bit careful, but, but the law doesn't expect you to identify problems. You're, you're, not, you're not obligated to, to notice the fact there's a problem. So if a shop says, well, wait a minute, you know, you had a look at the computer, you saw it running, you should have known the problem was there. No, that's not the case. The onus is not on you to recognise the problem. But if it's something that should have been obvious to a reasonable person from that reasonable inspection that was carried out then yes clearly you're going to have less rights in that sort of situation so it's all about reasonableness as you say the law certainly in this respect is all about reasonableness it's 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 unfortunate to to some degree particularly for, for the likes of us when when people are asking what they're entitled to we always have to talk about reasonableness there's no black and white right or wrong answers unfortunately okay Let, let's go on to the the private sale now and, and let's use the car as an example because lots of people particularly in this day and age are looking at uh, buying a car not from new but from second hand um what do we need to look for there and, and what rights are we protected with you have to be very careful um, when you're buying um, anything privately, to be honest. I would suggest you always need to make sure, and this, this, this actually, a lot of this goes as much for traders as well, because uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, well, obviously, if you go into a high street shop, you know where that shop is, you know who you're dealing with. But in this day, day and age, you often don't necessarily know that the business you're dealing with. It might be a, a trader selling at a car boot seller or, or whatever. So I would say always make sure you get the address, make sure you get a landline telephone number, not just a mobile telephone number. Make sure you get details written down in writing, a written receipt written details of what you're buying obviously make sure before you purchase a car that they give you all the documentation relating to it yeah they don't say oh don't worry i haven't got the logbook now i'll send it to you in a week or two you want that before you're buying it it's also often worth um again whether you're buying privately or or, or from a trader um carrying out what's, what's known as an hpi check on the car um that just tells you um you know, roughly how how many miles the car is supposed to have done but but basically it's a check that you can do to ascertain whether the car's been an insurance write-off in the past whether there's any outstanding finance on the car how many miles the car roughly should have done so it tells you the history of the car that's well worth doing before you purchase it particularly if you're purchasing it privately okay now, now lots of people get uh, associations to go with them to check vehicles is that something you'd recommend um particularly uh if you're anything like me and don't know one end of a car from another i would always suggest you t- you take someone along who, who who does know a bit about cars or get something like an aa or rac inspection carried out um it might cost a bit but it's probably money well spent particularly if it's a private sale because as i say if it's private and it's faulty you're not going to have any grounds for redress okay what other problems um, can you foresee that um, we need to look at initially i i would say um the the main thing if it's a car is obviously trying to ascertain that the mechanical soundness of, of the vehicle uh, in one way or another ascertaining exactly as i say who is actually selling the car and making sure that you you're you're happy with the means of payment as well obviously if you're buying from someone privately you're not going to probably be able to pay on finance or anything like that but you don't want to be being in a position where they'll only accept cash for example because that would usually ring alarm bells for us you know you want to be able to pay by check that sort of thing so um yeah it's always also worth shopping around so not just going to the first person and buying the first thing you see but actually making sure that it is a good it is a good price it is a good buy you can get things like i think it's parker's guides um books to actually give you an indication as to what 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 you should be paying for that sort of age of car i think you can do checks on the internet as well often to say Mm -hmm. well it's a a Vauxhall astro it's 10 years old um it's done 90,000 miles how much would i pay for it it gives you a sort of guide price um so that's obviously well worth doing as well unless you've got the experience to know yeah what it should be in advance Okay, David. Now, we find that we've done everything possible, but we still have a concern. How do we know if we're entitled to seek redress and how do we go about it if we are? Okay, what I would say is um, it's always well worth, if you've got any concerns, phoning an organisation called Consumer Direct. Consumer Direct are there to give advice on your legal rights in respect of goods and services and problems you experience. And Consumer Direct can be contacted by, by phone. The number's 08454 040506. 
They also have a website, which is www.consumerdirect.gov.uk, which does have a lot of useful information in. So it's well worth, the first thing I would say is give them a call. They'll be able to explain what to do. But just to give a, a bit of sort of practical advice here, as it were, I would say if you get a problem, the first thing to do is speak to the trader that you've purchased the item from, presuming it's a trader. Go back to the shop and say, look, you know, the, 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 um, the car's faulty, whatever it is. And see what they say. They might accept that. They may um, provide the redress there and then. If they don't, and you think you're entitled to something based on you know, what I've explained, then I would suggest the first thing to do is put it in writing to them, usually sending the letter by recorded delivery and giving them a deadline by which you want them to respond. Um, maybe also um, stating what your legal rights are is always a good thing. Make them know you know a little bit about the law can go, can go a long way to getting things resolved, actually. And then hopefully um, they'll respond positively. If they don't, you're probably going to need a bit more advice. Ultimately, obviously, the final route to go down would be to pursue them for, for redress through the small claims track of the county courts. But initially, the, the website that you mentioned should give you plenty of information as to your rights, you say? It gives a lot of information on, on your rights. It gives you um, examples of letters you can send and things like that. And obviously, the, the, there is the backup of the, of the, the helpline that you can phone for, for further advice, and, and they will give you as much advice as, as you require. Um, the other thing uh, that, that's worth mentioning, if you get into problems, if you've paid for an item, by credit card or using finance and the item costs more than £100 particularly if you're having problems with, with, with the, the trader you've purchased it from um, contact your credit card company or the finance company because under a, a piece of legislation called Section 75 of the Consumer Credit Act the credit card company or the finance company will be equally liable for that claim that you've got, meaning you can pursue them for redress. But only over £100? Only if the item costs over £100, and I think it's still less than £30,000, but obviously most items won't reach that. Uh, and you don't have to have paid the full amount by credit cards. You might have paid a deposit by credit card and the remainder by cheque. As long as the item itself, single item, costs more than £100, you've got that protection. Smashing. Now, you're the only person I know that's given me a website address and a telephone number without actually looking at a piece of paper. So <laughs> can, can I ask you to repeat them, please? Of course you can. Um, yeah, Consumer Direct telephone number is 08454 And the website address is www.consumerdirect.gov.uk. David, thank you very much. Thank you.